thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Second book of the Bible, book of Exodus. Our series title for the next three weeks is going to be groundbreaking because that's where we believe we are. <laughs> We're at a place where we want the ground to be broken up. There's a lot of pictures when you see ground being broken up, but the one that's been on my heart is that we want to break up the ground, any hard ground that might be there, uh, because we want the seed of God's Word to find a nice fertile place to be planted and then to grow. And a lot of times we allow our hearts to become a little bit hard because of life's challenges, if you will, or for whatever reason, disappointments. And even though the word is spoken, it doesn't find that fertile ground. It doesn't find that place to grow and to be watered. And we want that to happen. I am believing for big things for 2017. I feel like a little child again in the faith that I'm believing God and trusting that we're all going to walk into a new place with God. And you can't say, well, I've heard that before, because if you are entertaining that thought, you need to hear this message. <laughs> you really need to be open to this message, because I think we ought to feel that way continually, a new place with God, uh, new things that God will reveal to our hearts. Not that those old things that are established in our heart those foundational things should disappear, not at all. We build on them. We're constantly building, the Apostle Paul said. So the title of this particular message is Stake Your Claim. Say it, Stake Your Claim. Look back, look around, and look forward, okay? And you'll see all three of those come in. I feel as though as we come to this place, last night at midnight we put a period on 2016. And then, in my mind, I drew a line. So it was a period in 2016, and I drew a line. And as I looked at that line, it's yet to be filled in. And uh, in some ways, I will play a big part in filling that in. My decisions that I make, the choices that I make, the things that I, I'm involved in, the things that I read, the things that entertains me, those are things that are going to make up some of the things are on that line. And then other things, we have no idea what's going to be written in there because God's just going to have to help us understand. He's going to write those things on that line. So that's where we're at. Exodus chapter 33, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, then we're going to jump down to verse 12, and we're going to read up to verse 23. Then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Ouch. Then the Lord said, then Moses said to the Lord, see, 
You say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. For you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he, being Moses, said, Please, show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, God said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. You shall stand on the rock. So it shall be while my glory passes by, and I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you will see my back. But my face shall not be seen. As I was putting this message together, and I was, of course, my thoughts were not only on the particular message because it was going to be on January 1st, 2017. You can't help but think at this time of the year of what has transpired in 2016 a little bit. And you start to think on those things and you, you remember some of the things that have happened, both the, the good and the bad and the ugly, if you will. But I, I realize there was a lot happened in 2016. I'm sure you can say the same thing. And I also realized this, as I kind of sensed in my spirit, as I was entertaining these thoughts, and I'm going to bring this thought up on the screen here, you can be so exhausted by what lies behind that you fail to hear someone call your name to move on to the next destination. Let that sink in a little bit. You can be so exhausted by your experiences, so tired by the trials of all you've gone through that you miss the opportunity to hear what God is saying about the future. You miss the call to move to a new season in your life. And whether you like it or not, when January 1st comes along, we're moving into not only a new year, but really a new season, you can say it. And if we were to be honest, how many are willing to be a little bit honest here today? Okay? So let's be a little bit honest. You could say, and I could say in a way, this year wore me out. <laughs> it did. I, because I started thinking about some of the things. 
you and I can get tired when we see loved ones that pass on. And they seem to have happened a lot this year. A lot of funerals. You know, a lot of people that I know, and a lot of people in the congregation, a lot of people that you know, and, and, and you, you get tired of seeing that happen. You begin to wonder about your own life, uh, or the stress on the job. Maybe it was just overwhelming this year. How about the family and the kids, and you, you're trying to raise kids to do the best, and, and, and sickness alone, you know, can wear a mom out. You know, especially if you have a couple kids or two or three or four or even one, but you just hate seeing them sick, but you know you have to walk through it with them. If you have more than one, you no sooner get through it with one and this another one gets in. And then you get through it with that one and then another one gets it. And then another one gets it. Now, this is real to me because we have grandchildren and we see it happening. How about financial challenges? Maybe there just wasn't enough there. You wish there were more there, and that, that will weigh on you. The disappointments of life, relationships that hurt your heart. Maybe it was this year. Uh, family things that didn't turn out the way you expected. I, I, I stood beside a, a mom that said, this isn't the way I thought it was going to work out, as they watched their children get married. So it could have been a rough year. It could have been a, a long year. There were ups and there were downs. There was maybe some frustrations by the journey. And, and, and maybe the, you weren't exactly thinking about them this week, but they have nevertheless have worn you down. They, they were there. They happened. So it's, it's a wearing down, the, the journey, the burden. And you can miss the call of God to move into a new season of your life. Um, you see, we sit at the door of great potential, great possibility. We don't know what God's going to do, but knowing our God, it could be really great. It could be great in a personal way. It could be great concerning your family. It could be great for the church. It could be great for our country. It could be great for the world. Something good can happen, but at the same time, we know it's not going to be without its challenges. But what happens is that we come to this place, and, and, and this is where I want you to be honest. Have you lost the expectation that next year is going to be any better than last year? Have you maybe entertained that, really, I don't see how it's going to get any better. I don't th see how things can really change. That's, isn't that what life is about? In a way, yes, it is, but it shouldn't take us from that we serve a big God, <laughs> and, and he can do the impossible things. I was thinking of a song. I, I, I tried to share it with the, with the worship team, but they're too young to remember it. And we've come this far by faith. And does anyone in here remember that song? We've come this far by faith. <laughs> Leaning on the arms. <laughs> anyway, we've come this far. It was a great song. We used to sing it, 70s and 80s. And it's true, we've come this far by faith. And listen, things aren't going to get any better if you don't believe that you're going to go on by faith. Faith to believe that God can do new things in our life. So what's going to make your tomorrows any different? That's the question. 
Now, we just read chapter 33, parts of chapter 33 of Exodus. And now this is, get ready for this, this is profound. It's preceded by chapter 32. Okay? Chapter 32 is one of the lowest moments in the history of the children of Israel and their relationship with God. It really is. Let me remind you what it says. See, in Exodus 13 and 14, God using Moses to bring them out of their bondage in Egypt. By chapter 16, they're already complaining. And, and God, they want to go back. God is already disturbed or fed up with them. Two chapters, and it happened. You go to chapter 19, and then they go to Mount Sinai. And, and chapter 20 gives us the Ten Commandments, and that's what he received on the mountain at Mount Sinai. Now, at the top of that list was this, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Because, you see, they were exposed to other gods. They, they had fallen away from the true worship. Not totally, but yet they were influenced by their culture. It can happen. So Moses goes to the top of Mount Sinai, and Aaron stays back with the people. He's supposed to take care of the people. It, by chapter 32, the people lose patience. Moses is gone. He's only gone a couple of weeks. And, and they persuade Aaron to make a golden idol, the thing that God said you're not supposed to do. Now, they haven't heard this yet. This thing they haven't, haven't heard yet. But he makes a golden idol. While they're in the mountain, God says to Moses, you've got to get back down the mountain. Uh, your people, he said, are doing a bad thing. Now, notice that he said, your people. Well, Moses comes back at God and said, no, they're your people. God said, no, they're your people. No, they're your people. Uh, you ever, mom and dad, what's your child doing? No, it's your child. So, they were sinning against God. That, it was a bad place to be. As a result of it, the consequence of their sin and their action, there were 3,000 people that were killed immediately that were involved in this, and then a plague went out. We don't know how many people died as a result of the plague. So it was a very low point in their relationship with God. So 32, we have sin and judgment. But I want you to notice something. Here's what we're getting to. Chapter 33, verse 1. We go from 32, the lowest point, to chapter 33, verse 1. And here's what God says. Go up from here to the land. In other words, okay, it happened. You sinned. There was judgment. Now go up to the land. Immediately. Move from where you've been to where God's calling you to go. You see, God is moving on. He's turning the page. He's already gone. 32, we're into 33. God's turned the page. We're going up. New possibilities. In spite of their shortcomings, there's new possibilities. And God puts them in a new chapter, a new year, 2017. It's a new season. But here's the problem. They are so traumatized by chapter 32 
They can't see or sense God's calling them to chapter 33. And they have a little struggle believing it. They're burdened by what they've gone through. They can't really discern what God is calling them to. It's kind of like looking back in 2016. You could be so burdened, traumatized, so disappointed, so feel like you let down that something, it's like the air has gone out of the balloon or you just, it's got, you're just something, you've lost something. And not going back 2016 only, but from the past and just things that have happened in your journey with God. So they're stuck in their yesterday. They can't see God opening the door of tomorrow. Where are you at? Oh, do, we, do we really believe? Are we excited? Are we stirred? Are we expecting? Are we believing? Are we making our list, checking it twice? <laughs> Every January, end of the year January, I try to write down vision. I've done it for many, many years. Write down vision. I, I, I was struck by that this week. This week while we're fasting, these next 21 days, I'm going to make my list. <laughs> I'm going to write out vision. Because I want to I wanna take the initiative. I want to take the step. I, I don't want to wait for things to clear up. No, I, I believe that they don't have to clear up. I don't have to have answers to all the unanswered questions that came as a result of 2016 or 2015 or 2014. No, I, I'm going to make my list. I'm going to believe God that he's more than able to take me into a new season. He's also able to take you in. But what will make the difference? See, God didn't bring us this far to drop us now. He just didn't. I, I told Cheryl, I said, God, we were talking about it this week. It just, God hasn't done all these things in our life. He hasn't brought us out of our darkness into the light. He hasn't given us this hope in our heart. He hasn't given us this expectation of heaven and being with God throughout eternity. And he hasn't allowed us to go on this journey so far. And then all of a sudden, he's going to drop us? I'm not going to drop you. Philippians says that he that hath begun a good work in you will continue to do it until the day that Jesus Christ comes back. So there are three things to remember in 2017. Get them down if you can. Three things that are going to help you in 2017, if you'll remember them. Number one, your past is not greater than God's promises. Someone say amen. Your past is not greater than God's promises. Whatever is in your past is not greater, it's another way I say it, than God's promise over your life. Let me say it a third way. God's promises are always greater than your past. Always greater than your past. Watch, watch what's happening in our text. It's kind of the flow of 32 and 33. In chapter 33, they had a bad day. In, in chapter 32, in chapter 32, they let God down. In chapter 32, they failed God. In chapter 32, they broke the covenant. In chapter 32, they were exposed and they witnessed the death of family members and friends, the consequences of their sin. They felt the heaviness of it when they saw the death and the plague. Chapter 32, relationship is broken with God. 
Chapter 32, they did wrong. Chapter 32, you could say, they dropped the ball. Could have been us, huh? Then God shows up in verse 1 of chapter 33, and he says, go to the promised land. Chapter 32, they messed up. Chapter 33, God said, go to the promised land. Chapter 32, they dropped the ball. Chapter 33, God said, go to the land flowing with milk and honey. Chapter 32, they did wrong. Chapter 33, God says, depart from here. Move from this place. Chapter 32, they sinned against God. God said, we dealt with that problem. We're going on up. You see, I believe God's more ready to take us up than we are ready to go up. In spite of all that went wrong in chapter 30, 32, it's, even though you messed up yesterday, here's what I got. I am still going to take you to the place I promised you. I'm still God. We change, but he doesn't change. He's still God, and he's still going to be God. And God said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to perform it. God has spoken great things over your life. God has paid a great price so that you could move into victory and have life and have it more abundantly. God's ready to go and perform it. Now, I've learned something, a few things over the years, that if I fail, God is still faithful. When I've messed up, God is still merciful. I thought it was kind of cool that Jason moves into that area of mercy for today because that's part of the thoughts that I had in my heart. God is still merciful. When I've done it over and over again, and I've said to God, God, I don't want, to, I don't want my mind to go there. I don't want to do it. But yet I do it over and over again till my heart aches because I've disappointed God. And yet God still says, I'll take you up. I'll forgive you. I'll cleanse you. I'll move you on, blows my mind. As I look back over 2016, here's what I see. I see a loving, merciful, all-compassionate, forgiving God still making a way for me. That's what I see. He still blessed me in 2016. He still supplied all my needs in 2016. In spite of how wrong I acted sometimes, he still kept me. In spite of all the mistakes I've made, he still worked it out, and all things will work out for my good. Why? Because we serve a God who is faithful. No other reason. Our God is faithful. He's been good in spite of my past. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, His anger lasts only but a moment, Jason. But his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. <laughs> Another psalm says, Because his mercies and compassion are new every morning. I can't tell you how many times I leaned on that verse. <laughs> 
And I'm leading on them because I, I say, God, I don't deserve a thing this day for the way I've acted this week and the things I've done. But Lord, I know this is your promise. It's greater than my past. You said your mercies are new every morning. God, I need your mercies today. I need your compassion today, Lord. Be compassionate on me, Lord. Be merciful to me. Now watch what he says to Moses here. He said, depart. Or he said, leave this place and go to a land flowing. Say flowing. That's a neat word there. <laughs> flowing with milk and honey. If we're going to go onto the next season, you've got to leave this place. That's what this message is about. If we're going to go on to a new season in our life, we've got to leave this place. Whatever place that is where you've been dwelling. Wherever you are stuck, wherever you feel burdened over and you can't seem to shake it, you've got to leave that place. You can't stay in this set of emotions. If you really move, want to move into a new day, here's what you got to do. Let it go. Turn to someone and say, let it go. Whatever they said to you, let it go. No matter how it hurt, you've got to let it go. If they didn't apologize and you didn't get closure, let it go. Because a lot of people, I need closure. Why? I know I just blew every psychologist in here and every counselor away. Now I know the value of seeing some things through, but yet I know, I know the problem with not letting it go. I see people the same year after year after year after year. Why? They just won't let it go. So they don't apologize. So you don't get closure on that thing. You're going to let it hinder you from moving into the promises of God? It's not worth it. Note this. It's not just the promised land, it's a land flowing, say flowing, with milk and honey. Now here's the decision. Here's the decision. Here's where you're at, here's where I'm at, here's where we're all at. I either am going to hold on to the hurt or I want the milk and honey more. That's the decision. Do you want to live in what hurts you or do you want to pursue something God has in store for you that is better than you've ever had before? It's a decision. So, your past is not greater than your promises in 2017. Number two, the second thing is, is pursue God's presence like you never have before. That's what this fasting is all about. We need to pursue the presence of God like we've never pursued it before as a church. You need, personally, you need to seek God's presence more than you ever have done before. You've got a hunger for God in ways you've never hungered before. Now, Moses is concerned because God said, I'm going to send you to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. He said, I'm just going to send an angel. 
And here's Moses' response. It's a beautiful one. We know it. Moses said, if you, if you do go, or Moses said to God, if, if we do go, Lord, I want you to understand something. Don't send us up without your presence. If you don't walk with us, we're not going to make it. We're never going to be successful. Moses knew that. He learned it. It's something we need to learn. How much we need the Lord in 2017. Folks, we need the Lord. I, I, I honestly say this of all the years, we need God more in 2017 than we've ever needed him. I don't care who you are in this room. You're not smart enough to see your way through. I hope that popped your balloon. You're not strong enough to carry the burdens that are going to come. The closer we get to the return of the Lord, the burdens are going to get heavy. You're not strong enough. You don't have enough money to buy your way out. And a lot of people depend on what they have. I can get out of this. I can make it. Something will hit you someday where you won't be able to make it. You don't have enough friends to pull you through, and friends are good. If we learn anything from our yesterdays, we need the Lord every day in our lives. Every day in our lives. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine. Jesus said, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He's the vine. We're the branches. We can't, we can't go out there. We won't last. You break that branch off that vine. It does not last. It withers and dies. I can't tell you how many people that I thought were stronger than me in their faith but because they thought they could do it better. And here's where it happens. And here's where we're more vulnerable than anything is when God blesses you. He provides for you. And you've got it all together. I'll tell you, you've got to be careful. And that's why I say you've got to fast. And you've got to say, God, it's not enough. I thank you for all you've done, but Lord, I know that tomorrow is, might hold something that I don't care what I have. Or how many blessings you bless me with? I won't make it, Lord, unless I have you. And I want your presence more than anything else. To God, desire God's presence in 2017. So one, your past is not greater than your, God's promises. Two, pursue his presence in unprecedented ways. And three, recognize the glory of God in peculiar places. In 2017, let me explain. In order to do that, we have to go back and have to look at another section, beginning with verse 18 there. Moses said, please show me your glory. God said, I will make, now note these, this is a key here, I will make all my goodness pass before you, number one. He said, I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you too. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious Three, I will have compassion whom I will have compassion for. There are four things that God immediately says, here's what I'm going to do for you. But he said, 
you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, speaking to Moses, and you shall stand on the rock. Keep this picture in your mind. So it shall be when my, while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you're going to see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Now, I don't think I'm reading in between the lines here. And I don't think this takes away from the fact that Moses knew he needed God's presence more than anything else. And he hungered for that presence. But I do believe something else is happening here in this text. Moses said, God, show me your glory. And God says, no. Basically, he said, no. I'm not going to show you my glory. Now, Moses already heard of from God that his presence would go. He already had that. God said, okay, after you already did a little bit, my presence will go. It's too early, John. Sorry. I know. Every time he does that, he gets applause. He's just got to keep doing it. Moses had already heard, if you're reading through this, he already heard from God that his presence would go. When he said, my presence isn't going to go, I'll send an angel, and then Moses argued a little bit. He said, okay, my presence. So he already heard that, but Moses presses for more at this point. And it's not a bad thing, like I said, but I think God is trying to teach something to Moses, to us in this text. Moses said, show me your glory God says, my goodness, my name, my grace, and my compassion, but I'm not going to give you all you want. Now follow me. Here's what I will do. Moses is asking God, I believe this is true, asking God to show his glory as proof of his presence. He's pressing. God's already assured him that his presence would go. He already showed him goodness and grace and compassion and his name will go before him. But Moses, he's pushing a little bit more for proof of his presence. Could it be that God is saying, you're not always going to see God's glory the way you want to see God's glory or his presence? Keep that. But his goodness, grace, and compassion ought to be proof enough. Could it be that we get caught asking for more proof of God's love for me? And that's kind of our way we operate with God. God, give me that raise. And it might be no. God, give me that mate that I'm looking for, young people. And it might be you've heard no over and over again. God changed that person's attitude, and it might be no. We're looking for God's glory and his presence in what he does for us. And when we don't get our answer, here's what we entertain. Well, maybe God doesn't love me. How many people have you known 
that their testimony today, they're not here today, by the way. I know it. Because they've come to that place when God didn't do what they, he want, they wanted him to do. They said, well, God doesn't love me. And they're gone. Or maybe we don't go, but we kind of pull back. Well, I, I, I know God's still God, but he probably doesn't really love me. But, but we're not moving forward. We're not hungry. Something's left us. We don't, we don't have that excitement about serving Jesus. We don't, we're not entertaining that, that God can do more. And so we've lost something because we've, we haven't gotten our way. We don't get an answer. So we miss the overwhelming, get this, evidence that his presence has been with me. We miss it. Note what God says he will do. He said, here's what he will do. He said, I'm going to place, here's a place by me, and you shall stand on this rock. So, so he said no to showing him all his glory. He reiterates that these things he's going to do, but he goes further. He said, here's what I'm going to, here's a place by me. Get this, by me. And God says to Moses, I might, I may not do what you want me to do. I might, may not give you what you ask for. I may not move the way you want me to move, but I'm still going to show you how real I am. Moses, I'm going to set you on a rock. A rock. Now picture this. Standing on a rock. You know what that means? Stability. You're stable. That whatever happens in 2017, you know what God says? I, I placed you on a rock. Because I'm with you. And when the storms and the trials and the temptations and the difficulties come, I'm going to protect you in the cleft of the rock. He said, Moses, that's what I am going to do for you. Psalm 27 says, in a time of trouble, he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. Note, in a times of trouble. So when trouble comes your way, you've got to know this, that there's a place that God has reserved for you by him. He said to Moses, here, Moses, by me, he said, it's a rock, and I'm going to hide you in that cleft. I'm going to hide you in me. So when all hell breaks loose and all the storms of life come and the wind's blowing and the water's hitting you in your face, you got to know, this is enough for you to know, you're okay. You're by me. It may not be the way you want it, but Moses, I'm going to make you so stable that when these things happen, you're not going to fall apart. You can't see my glory and live. And really, I'll, I'll inject this. You see, God's holiness and sin for man cannot inter, interject with one another. They can't, they can't come. God says it, it just can't happen. But he said, I'll put you in the cleft, and I will cover you with my hand. Now, I'm going to move on to the second part of this. I'm going to cover you with my hand while I pass by. God said, not only will I keep you, get this, but I'm going to cover you. There's a reason he 
covered him with his hand. He said, I'm not only going to keep you. You're not only going to be stable on the rock. You're not only going to be able to safe and you'll be able to, to weather every storm. But he said, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to cover you. Now, it doesn't take much for me to understand that. I can't tell you how many times God has covered me. He's had my back. He's covered my sin. Or, you know, I've come to him, but he's covered it. He hasn't exposed me. You know, if God exposed all of us for our sin in our lives, there wouldn't be one of it. We'd be so shamed, we wouldn't be here today. But his love covers us. His hand covers us. Doesn't take much to understand that. So, some of you are old enough to remember this, and I thought of this illustration. Remember typewriters? <laughs> you don't have to go back that far. But today we have computers. Have you ever see the kids on the computer? Da 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 da. They make a mistake. Boom. Da 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 da. da keep going. I mean, it's just. But there used to be typewriters. And, and when you made a mistake, oh, you either throw the whole paper away or you get what is called whiteout. <laughs> whiteout. So you take the whiteout and you have to be very careful and you, you cover that mistake and you type over it. Now, guess what? It's still there, but it's covered. <laughs> Nobody will ever know you made a mistake if you do it right. Moses, you'll know I'm real because I'm going to keep you. Moses, you'll know I'm real because I'm going to cover you. I'm going to put you on that rock. I'm going to cover you with my hand. I'm going to make my goodness, my grace, my compassion pass by. And when I pass by, I'm going to take away my hand, and you're going to know that I've been there. You're going to know that I've been there. You may, may not see me. We may not see God the way we're expected to see God to move in 2017. But you're going to know that he's there when you see what's around you. I, 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 I took time of reflection this Christmas. And as I'm in my home and I'm seeing the beautiful decorations that Cheryl put up and the beautiful home that God has provided for us, and I see my grandchildren are staying there at our house, even though four of them are sleeping in my bed. I love it. And... <laughs> But they're there, and I'm watching my grandkids and my daughter and her husband and, and the activity, and I'm, I have a car in my driveway. We have food in the refrigerator. And I look at 2016, and the, although maybe I wanted to see some greater miracles, listen, God doesn't have to prove himself to me anymore. God has provided for me. God has provided for me. Listen, I'm here today. You're here today, January 1st, 2017. You're here. Why? God covered you. He protected you. His compassions were there. His mercies were there. His presence has been with you. He doesn't have to prove his love to me any more than what he's already done. Now, that doesn't mean that we pull back and don't press on and push and, and, and hunger and want all that God has for us, but with contentment in our heart, with an attitude that God, all right, if you don't do that the way I think you should do it, that's not going to change my position with you. 
I'm not going to think differently. I'm not going to question where is your love. I'm not going to challenge your goodness. I'm not going to challenge your mercy, oh God, because I look around and I see it's been there. And not just in 216, but since you touched me in 1971. I look around and I see all these things and I'm here. Now one more thing. One more thing. And John, you can come out now. When I take away my hand, you will see my back. Not my face. Why his back? Here's a thought. Okay, why his back? The Lord said, here's my back. So he, he, he's looking. He said, you're going to see my back. I believe that what the Lord has said. He said, I'm not going where you've been in yesterday." He said, I'm not going there. You're going to see my back because, you see, I've already been there. And I'm already into 2017. Wherever I'm going in 2017, here's what God's saying. I've already been there. So whatever January has, God's already been there. Whatever February has, God's already been there. Whatever March has for me, God's already been there. Whatever the fall has for me, God's already been there. So all throughout 2017, my God has already been there. My strength comes from knowing He's been there. It's not new to Him. It's not going to be a surprise to Him. It's not going to shake Him. And it ought not to shake me or you because we're standing on a rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. God goes before us. Now here's, I believe, is a word. You can't stay where you are because God has already passed by this place. He's already passed by 2016. We serve a God who has gone before us. He's already gone before us. So what is our hope? For 2017, nothing else but Jesus. He's already been there. He's already proven his love. Now I'm going to believe for miracles. I want to see signs. I want to see wonders. I want to see more of the glory of God. But I'm going to do it with contentment in my heart. I'm not going to do it like a babe that's always don't get my way on complaining to God or I pull back my tithe or my attitude changes. God is looking for us to move on from where we've been with our baby attitude and approach to God and get more serious and more mature and say, God, we are more than conquerors. We are champions in you. We are soldiers for you. We are ready to go in 2017. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.